production. To support business owners everywhere who are struggling right now, I've teamed up with one of Australia's leading mindfulness experts for a much-needed episode 566 of the 12-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Well, I guess it would be stating the obvious to say that the world's in a pretty crazy place right now. And as business owners, we're all struggling to maintain a level of sanity that enables us to keep building our beautiful businesses into the empires they deserve to be. So with the help of past guest Ray Good, I've put together what I'm calling a stress-busting emergency episode that has nothing to do with marketing and business growth and more to do or everything to do with helping you get a grip on things by creating a clear mind and space to think. So who's Ray Good? I hear you ask. Well, Ray first appeared on episode 456, where he shared his incredible business journey. In 1993, and based in the UK, he was one of the world's top DJs, pumping out the beats under the pseudonym Sugar Ray, or probably DJ Sugar Ray. He then had a breakdown, which ended his career and almost his life before turning to meditation to get him back on track. He came back to Melbourne, built and sold a seafood franchise called Hooked and embarked on a mission to teach mindfulness and meditation to business owners everywhere. And guess what? He's never been busier. So find a comfortable spot, turn off all distractions and listen in as Ray shares some fantastic micro practices to help you stay calm, sleep well and feel more energised than you have in a long time. We start off by addressing the crippling issue of stress and anxiety. You know, someone that's been in business myself for 30 years, you know, I came to mindfulness and meditation 29 years ago uh, to help me deal with stress, anxiety and burnout. So when it comes to stress and anxiety and burnout, I'm an expert, I can tell you, because I've tried everything, you know, over the years. And so that's why I'm really super passionate about you know, sharing some simple practical tools, especially with the people that are out there, because I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there myself. So, I mean, let's talk about stress. Let's just have a, just really quickly, let's talk about what stress is and how it impacts us. Look, from a scientific perspective, um, how brains have a natural tendency to seek out potential dangers, problems, and threats. It's referred to as our negativity bias, and it's our body survival mechanism. And it was really, really efficient back in the old caveman days, when our survival depended on uh, anticipating potential predators or, or threats, right? Not so useful today when our stressors are more likely to be missed deadlines, our email inbox, a difficult client or boss, homeschooling your kids, all right, or your social media and news feed. Now, these everyday stressors trigger part of our brain called the amygdala, the fear center, causing the same physiological response in our body as if we're actually being chased by a predator or facing a real danger. So we're being triggered all the time. Now, when this happens, um, the stress hormone cortisol and adrenaline pumped into the bloodstream, heart rate increases, blood's diverted from the digestion to the larger muscles, and all this happens in a hundredth of a second and prepares our bodies to react quickly without thinking, readies it to either fight or bugger off and fly. You heard of that term, right, Tim? Fight or flight, yeah. 
fight or flight. Now, when we're in the grip of this stress response and that part of our brain called the amygdala is running the show, we can't think clearly or rationally because the CEO part of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, is shut down. It's also not good for our uh, sleep, which a lot of people I'm finding are really struggling with sleep issues at the moment. Overthinking, worrying, (laughs) completely understandable, right? So these everyday stresses can take a huge toll on the brain and the body for the worse. You know, you know, ultra busy always on life. We're constantly being triggered all day long. And, and you know, most people don't realise that, um, you know, this can lead to anxiety, depression, diabetes, heart disease, and also Alzheimer's. So we need to get our stress under control. A, a phrase I'm hearing a lot too around this, raise adrenal fatigue, where because we are... And I'm like this. Um, I've spoken about my, you know, I was going to say love of anxiety. It's just with me. I am an anxious person. But um, when you are anxious for extended periods of time, you know, you're just exhausted. And it's because your adrenaline is like, it's just, it's peaking the whole time. And even back in caveman days, I don't imagine 24-7, the boys are sitting around the fire full of adrenaline. They, they're going, you know, adrenaline pops up when they know there's a, you know, there's a, there's a lion yeah. somewhere out there. Yeah. But, you know, for whatever reason, we just don't seem, many of us just don't seem to be able to switch that little pump off that sends adrenaline racing through our system. No, we're, we're on. We're switched on all the time from the moment on. we wake up to the uh. moment we go to bed. No wonder we're in, you know, people can't sleep. It's the first, when their head hits the pillow, it's the first time in the day they've actually given themselves permission to actually stop and process what's going on, right? We should be called humans, not humans. <laughs> <laughs> I call us human doings, not human beings. Oh, right? God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Human <laughs> do-do like. doings. Yeah. 100%. So, look, we need to get our stress under control. Now, you know, mindfulness meditation is what I teach. Um, there's, you know, there's a ton of science showing the benefits of practicing mindfulness meditation. Better focus, improved concentration, memory, brings down our heart rate, blood pressure, stronger immune system. I mean, how important is that, especially for right now in the world, right? Helps us to sleep and... Um, it also uh, slows the aging process down. So if you're a little bit vain like me, you know, that's pretty exciting. It actually brings, it slows the aging process down. So look, lots of great benefits about um, mindfulness meditation. But look, the key areas around it are that, you know, when we do the practice, we only need to do it for 10 minutes a day. And it can really help us with our stress levels. And it can help us in two ways. So as I said, it strengthens that prefrontal cortex. We can actually turn down our stress response. So by meditating, we strengthen the prefrontal cortex. That's actually connected to that part of the brain, the fight or flight response. So we can actually dial it down when we need to. It doesn't mean that we're not gonna get stressed. We will, but we can notice it a lot quicker and we can recover a lot faster. And these are the attributes of what we call resilience, the ability to recover from difficulty and adapt, right? And right now, you know, our success and our happiness in life depends on our resilience to life's adversities, how well we can shake it off, recover, learn and adapt, you know? I, I was thinking about this on my swim this morning, Ray, and, you know, I now swim a few K each day where I started off swimming 300 metres. And I was just reflecting on the fact that, you know, my body is fitter than it was three years ago and can endure more and, you know, has the ability to to put up with what I put it through each morning. And I guess it's exactly the same, whether we're talking about physical fitness or mental fitness, spiritual fitness, the, the fact that you do it more and more means you're going to get match fit. My question around that is, and I remember this when I started ocean swimming, is just 
getting in the water seemed so bloody hard because you weren't fit and you knew it was going to hurt and you knew there was going to be pain involved. And I look at meditation mindfulness practices a bit like this, and I'm sure there's others listening and nodding their head with what I'm about to say, which is it's all very well because you're about to give us an exercise to address stress and anxiety. But when you're feeling stressed and anxious, the last thing you feel like doing is sitting down and stopping. You just, there's this kind of, again, the adrenaline's like telling us to keep going. What do you say? Because this, this is going to be a blockage for all the exercises you're going to give us, no matter what they're addressing. So what's your kind of, what's your magic potion there? You know, actually meditation is actually one of the hardest uh, habits to start and maintain. The key to starting a habit and maintaining it, according to one of the world's uh, leading and most respected behaviour change scientists, uh, BJ Fogg at the University of uh, Stanford, is through what he calls tiny habits. So small changes done consistently lead to big changes, right? So for those that are sitting there and thinking, yeah, look, you know, I don't have time to do this. What can we do? Well, look. The key to achieving our goals, not just with starting a meditation, breathwork practice, whatever you want to do, anything in life, is through these tiny changes. So how do we do it? We set the bar super low. All right? You achieve your goal, you feel good, and then you want to raise the bar. Also, the other thing as well, Tim, so we want to start super low and we want to attach it to an existing habit that we already do, so we don't need to think about it, right? That's key. So we're starting small and we're attaching it to an existing habit. So when I say small, I mean, I'm not talking about 30 minutes of meditation. I'm not talking about 15 minutes. I'm talking about one minute of meditation. Now you could do one minute of meditation, right? Now for those that are skeptical that are thinking, actually, no, I can't. Okay, well, listen to this story. So one of my clients, right, that was working, was like, Ray, I, I haven't even got time to fit this in. I'm like, okay. What do you do when you get up first thing in the morning? Well, you know, I get up, go to the bathroom, and then uh, make myself a cup of tea. I'm like, okay, you're making a cup of tea, boiling the kettle. What are you doing while the kettle's boiling? Oh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Okay, so you're, so you're mainlining stress straight to your prefrontal cortex as soon as you wake up, good move. Okay, what about that one minute while the kettle's boiling? Couldn't you fit, because we've got to think of meditation as mental fitness in the same way we exercise to look after our physical health. This is uh, exercise for our mental health and well-being, right? But there's an opportunity there while the kettle's boiling to do a one minute micro practice. And so what I've found with people, the key is, so, is to introduce people to what I call micro-meditations or micro-practices. Little short practices that are literally one minute to three minutes, and that's what I want to show you guys today, that you can use to integrate throughout your day. Just to, you know, and these can be a lifesaver um, if you're feeling a bit stressed or worked up before an important uh, meeting or a Zoom presentation uh, or in between a Zoom meeting. Um, but more importantly, as a way of taking a mental break throughout the day, and we all need to be taking more mental breaks, especially right now, right? 100%, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I love the sound of that. Give us the exercise that can help us address stress and anxiety. Okay, so I'm going to give you two. The first one I'm going to give you, I'll give you a micro practice. Now, um, have you heard of Andrew Huberman? No. He does an amazing podcast called The Huberman Lab. He's a neuroscientist and he's a professor at the Department of Neurobiology at Stanford Medical School. 
And him and his team have been researching a really powerful breathing practice that can help you to manage stress and feel calm fast and in real time. And when I say real time, what I like about this is you don't need to say to someone, hey, excuse me, I just need to go off and meditate. You can do this in the middle of an argument with someone, you and you're having a Zoom meeting. You know, you can do it on the spot, right? So it's a real time practice. You can do it when you drive in the car and the kids are screaming at you in the back because they want to watch Bluey. You know, whatever it is, you're doing it in the spot. Now, it's called the physiological sigh and um, it was first discovered in the 1930s and it's a pattern of breathing that people go into involuntarily when we're in claustrophobic situations and interestingly we do it when we're asleep if there's a build-up of co2 in the body uh, it triggers the impulse to breathe now any new parents out there you might notice your kids doing that you might also notice if you've got a, a pet your dog does it so you know i'm not making this up and, and, you know, this is nature is showing it, right? Yeah, okay. So this is a really simple way of um, bringing down your stress instantly, right? And so how do we do it? So we take two inhalations through the nose. The first inhalation is longer than the second. And then a nice, slow, longer exhalation out through the mouth with a big sigh. All right. Now, the second inhalation is important because when we do that, our lungs are filled with tiny sacs called the alveoli. Their job is to take in oxygen and offload CO2. When we get stressed, they tend to collapse. So that second inhalation as well reinflates those tiny sacs and, and we can offload more CO2. Why do we want to offload more CO2? Because when we do, it calms us down. For people that can't do meditation or think they can't do it, Breathing practices or breath work are great techniques. So, um, so do you want to do you want to give it a go, mate? I'm already. I'm going to mute my microphone because <laughs> I don't want I don't want you to hear my heavy breathing. I, what's wrong with your heavy breathing, man? I'm sure it's great. <laughs> All right, so for those at home, um, you know, just give this a go. With all these little practices, what have you got to lose, right? So all we're going to do is take two inhalations through the nose. The first one's for about three seconds, and then we pause, and then just take in a second inhalation, and then a nice big exhale through the mouth with a sigh, all right? So we're just going to do three of these. Let's just do it together. And I'll, I'll do it. You can just do it with me. So I'll just uh, I'll count you in. So three, two, one. Here we go. Now that's the fastest way to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, all right? And induce a sense of calm. Now your parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest, and that's the breaks to your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight or your stress response. That, that immediately gave me a little bit of a, a tingly high. Am I imagining that? No, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you notice that. You know, that's the thing about breathing techniques, right? So I can teach you breathing techniques to, to calm you down, to help you sleep. One, I've got a technique that can help people fall asleep in 60 seconds. Um, Get out of here. Yeah. Don't make a, Do not overpromise to my audience. I'm some, very protective of them, Raymond. Some people, not all of them, some people. <laughs> um, techniques to help you stay focused and concentrate um, and techniques to also energise you. I've got a breathing technique that I call the espresso shot, which is like having a a cup of coffee in the afternoon. So um, the interesting thing is that when we breathe in, heart rate goes up. When we breathe out, heart rate goes down. So breathing in is energizing, breathing out is relaxing. So we can manipulate and hack our autonomic nervous system through breathing. So just to be clear and to wrap up the stress and anxiety exercise that you've given us, it is a simple uh, breathing in through the nose for three seconds and then holding it and then taking another big breath uh, for how long? Breathe in for, say, three seconds, and then a second inhalation, 
and then a nice big exhalation out with a big sigh. <sighs> through the mouth. I've always wondered, in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the mouth, out through the nose, what's the thinking behind all that? Because I get a bit confused. In fact, when it comes to breathing, most of us are getting it wrong. So we want to be breathing through the nose. It's more efficient. We take in 10 to 20% more uh, air. And... Um, you know, it's much better for us. It actually stimulates part of the brain that's responsible for managing fear. Yeah, uh, it feels like it does. It, it feels like you get a greater a, a greater hit, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, when you do breathe in through the nose versus the mouth. You just seem to get a dry mouth and a sore throat when you're breathing through the mouth. <laughs> and and you, you, don't you take in germs? Did I read that somewhere? Anyway, we're getting off well, track. Yeah, think, well, you are. You're right. I mean, our nose is designed for breathing. It filters, um, purifies the air. You know, our mouths are designed for eating. So, you know, but a lot of people, you know, habitually breathe through their mouth. So you want to be breathing through your nose and slowly and deeply down in the belly, right? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Shallow breathing. That's a bit... For, for us anxious types... Yeah, uh, and breathe, we tend to breathe here. Totally, shallow, right? totally stop at the chest, you know, above... You know, it's it's ridiculous. Right at the chest there, it's like you, you, when you remember to breathe much deeper, again, you get a greater hit. It just makes sense. Now, buddy, um, that's stress and anxiety. The next issue that many business owners are experiencing is poor productivity. In so many, you know, I hear this so often, you know, we think we're being efficient. We think we're being economical in the way we go about our work, but we're just not. And I think poor productivity these days because of COVID, because of bloody distractions, because of all that, you know, is on the increase. So um, what, what, how do we address this notion of poor productivity? Again, look, I, I teach mental fitness and high performance and a big part of performance is how, you know, how we manage our day and productivity. So this is a big one. Uh, interestingly, you know, research shows that we've got the attention span that's shorter than that of a goldfish. Don't know how they discovered that. I'd love to have been in that little experiment when they had the electrodes on the brain of the goldfish. <laughs> Wide up the goldfish. Um, <laughs> another study found that up seventy uh, percent of leaders report regularly being unable to pay attention during meetings. Seventy percent, and they're the ones making the decisions. No wonder we're all in so much trouble right now. But a favourite one, I guess, for a lot of people is when I when I'm coaching people is uh, you know. Do you think you're good at multitasking, Tim? Is multitasking an area that you think you're good at? No, I'm terrible at it. I, I'm absolutely okay. terrible. I need I need to do one thing. I often don't. You know, I, I start doing one thing for two minutes, and then I go, oh, I'll just quickly send that email off or quickly go, you know, so no, I'm not very good at it. You're very rare because, you know, most stressed out professionals tend to multitask, gives them the feeling that they're actually getting more done. But science says that we can't multitask. What we're actually doing is switching attention between tasks. When we do this, we actually go offline for half a second. It's actually called the attentional blink. So let me show you, do you want to do a little, very quick, short exercise? 100%, with your, mate, that's why we're here. This, this will blow everybody that's listening away today, right? So all of you, all of you at home, I just want you just to take five, just pause for a second. We're gonna do a little exercise in multitasking. All right, so stay with me. Now, all I want you to do is silently say, when I say go, in your minds, the letters of the alphabet from A to Z as fast as you can. Okay, go. Okay, great. Now, I want you to silently say in your mind as fast as you can, when I say go, the numbers 1 to 26 as fast as you can. Let's do it. Go. All right, good. Now, I want you to switch letters with numbers. A1, B2, C3, D4. Go. 
didn't get to be. <laughs> nah. All right, how's what, that? What did you want me to do? You wanted me to go A1, B2. <laughs> V2, C3, D4, right. E5. And like, so you're like, so you right. can't, right? Yeah. So our brains can only process one piece of information at a time. So when we're multitasking, we're attention switching. And this is what the research has to say. University College in London found that um, when we multitask, it reduces our IQ. So participants who multitask during cognitive tests experienced IQ score declines that were similar to what they'd expect if they'd stayed up all night or um, smoked marijuana. And those that thought they were good at multitasking, in particular the men, actually scored the worst. They had IQ score drops that brought them down to the same range as an eight-year-old child. Okay, so that, that, that is fascinating, right? Great, a great exercise to prove that multitasking is not ideal and not very efficient. Uh, but... I can tell you now, I feel my audience sometimes, Ray, what they're saying and thinking, and right now they're going, so Ray is telling me to, what would that be, unitask, do one thing and do it well and not be distracted by trying to do three, four, five things. But, and again, I'm speaking on behalf of my audience, I've always done three, four or five things at any one time and and I've got it done and and, and then, I, you know, I suppose your facetious response could be, well, how's that working for you? You know, like... <laughs> Productive. Oh, well, okay. Well, then, you know, let's look at this. Also, you know, uh, University of Sussex damages our brain also by multitasking. But University of uh, Michigan uh, in the States found it reduces our productivity by 40%. So for those of you saying, yeah, I- I'm doing all this, how productive are you? Because look at, think of it like this. Um, if you're working on a task at home and you need to focus and concentrate, you get distracted by an email, an instant messaging ping, notification, a text. I'm going to give you some tips here about how we can manage technology as well, quickly. Unreal. Right? It takes you 64 seconds to get your attention back, but up to 20 minutes to get your full level of focus and concentration back. So if you get distracted every five minutes, that means you waste 12 minutes an hour. 12 minutes an hour, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that adds up to eight and a half hours in a 40-hour week. Now, how many of of you out there would like an extra day in the week? You know, not necessarily to to get more work done, but actually to enjoy your life a little bit more. So stop multitasking, attention switching, and start working more mindfully by unitasking, focusing on one thing at a time. God, yeah, I just... It makes perfect sense. Uh, It sounds to me like, okay, turn off all notifications. You almost need... You know, the problem with our computers is that you can so easily switch between tabs and screens and programs and even that alone, it's just so seductive to be sitting here and, you know... um, you know, doing one thing, you know, I'll just quickly check what's happening in the Facebook tribe and, or, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll check the phone to see if there's any messages and they're all within reach. And they, and, you, and then the conversation, the self-talk goes, you know, it's only going to take me two seconds. We know it's not because if there's a message, you listen to it. If there's some notifications on Facebook, you're going to address, you're going to read them. You know, it just, we are completely, I think you earlier, you might have said off air, uh, the weapon of mass distraction is the phone. I mean, the bloody computer, all these, all these, all these gadgets, they are all weapons of mass distraction. You know, everyone's feeling the same way. Everyone's completely mentally and physically exhausted by the end of the day. And technology plays a big part in this, Tim. You know, we're living in an attention economy. Your attention is a commodity and it's under threat all the time from instant messaging pings, notifications, text messages. So, you know, your attention is a precious 
commodity. So your ability to train your mind to focus on one thing for an extended period of time. Now that's a game changer. And that's one of the things of mindfulness. And this is one of the reasons why many of the world's top organizations are training in mindfulness, because mindfulness is awareness and attention training for the brain, put simply. So we're teaching ourselves to come back to the present moment. During your meditation practice, although you find it boring, when your mind wanders off, that's a moment of self-awareness. You're actually training your brain to come back and focus on the breath. You're actually creating and strengthening a neural pathway in your brain. When your mind wanders off down the path of distraction or stress or worry, you can notice it a lot quicker and you can return your attention back a lot faster. So mindfulness training is important to help us stay in the present moment and can help us manage this technology as well. Ray, tips for managing technology. What are your top three? Don't check your email first thing in the morning, all right? This is when your mind at its most focused, creative and productive. This is a time for deep work, strategic work, uh, or to have difficult, you know, good conversations or whatever you need to do. If you check your email first thing in the morning, you're going to get sidetracked, right? And you're going to start your day with other people's agendas becoming your to-do list. So that's my first tip. You know, get can your- I just, just can I just ask ask a question there? I've had a previous guest, yeah, many years ago, was a fellow Mark McKeon. Mark was the high performance coach for twelve years at the Collingwood Football Club. He has his own teeth. That's a Collingwood joke uh, for those in the in the know. Um, and um, he's written a book called the he's written a book called the Go Zone. And the Go Zone is that one hour. He argues that high performance people, Olympians, A grade sports people, they have a two hour Go Zone. For the rest of us, we have a one hour Go Zone. Um, and and I think what you you sort of identified the Go Zone as generally being first up in the morning when you can do your deepest, most creative work. I, I just wonder, and there's there's always many schools of thought, but everyone's in Mark's view, everyone's go zone is different. Mine might be at five pm. Yours might be at eleven am. Someone else's might be so. Um, uh, yeah, and then he had the the go zone, the slow zone, and the no go zone times where you do other work that's more kind of administrative. But um, yeah, interesting that you think that, yeah. but I would agree, checking your email first off is a complete nightmare because the nature of email sends you off in so many different directions. And, and you know what? Does anyone, like when you open your email inbox, is anyone going, oh, great, I got 200 new emails today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's <laughs> saying that, right? And here's the thing. Have you used an app called Boomerang? I have, here's yeah. A, here, Here's a, nu- here's a nugget for you guys out there. It's a free app that you can use in Google Chrome. And what it is is an email blocker. So basically, it gives you back control or feeling of control of your email inbox. Now, this is an absolute gold. This is a gold one to use, Tim. Because, you know, when we're working in the morning, if I need to jump on and check my email and just send a quick email, if I open my inbox and I'm going to see, like, all these emails, I'm going to look at them. I'm going to get distracted. I've lost my train of thought. It's going to take me 20 minutes to get my train of thought back, Right. When you use an an app like uh, Boomerang that restricts the uh, access to emails coming in, I can just jump on, there's gonna be no new emails. So I set my emails 
11.30, this works for me, and 3.30 in the afternoon. And I work, I'm gonna give you another tip about this in a sec. Now I work and I focus and I'm working 11.30, 3.30, that's when I check my email. I open it up, my emails come in and I'm focused and I'm just working on that one thing. So boomerang to understand doesn't stop people sending you emails, they just go and sit in some They sit in the cloud. Out, yeah. in the, out in the cloud somewhere and then at your nominated times, you open up the latch and in they come. Beautiful. You do what you need to, oh, I like that, so, boomerang. All right, I'll put a link in the show notes to that one. So you're responding, you're working in a responsive way instead of a reactive way. And it also means that you can focus on the really important tasks in the morning, get them done, the things that you really need to, to hone in on. So that time is so valuable. And again, being mindful of how we're working is absolutely critical here. So um, so yeah, So and the other thing is turn off all your notifications and flight mode your phone, right? Now, you know, I think we can all agree most of the time when we rush to check those notifications, most of the time they're completely unnecessary. Can I just comment on notifications? Notifications shit me because it's like, why do you need to be told that there is that someone's messaged you on buddy Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, email, Dropbox? If you need to know, go to those applications. I mean, that just seems a no-brainer to me. I don't have notifications. Have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, you know, th- those guys that make the technology, at the end, their parting words from every single one of them was, turn off your notifications. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you, if you want to be productive, you've got to take back control of your time and your day because no wonder we're feeling, you know, you're talking about working for a certain amount of time. We can only work... We can only do deep focus work for about 54 minutes and then we need to take actually take a break. So have you heard of the Pomodoro technique? Yeah, I thought that was 20, wasn't that 20 minutes? That, that's 25 minutes with 25. a five minute break. So you yeah. can also do it as 50 minutes as well. Probably one of the biggest insights I can give everyone listening here today is that we need to take more breaks throughout the day, right? Now, um, you know, especially when we're on virtual platforms like, you know, going from Zoom to Zoom meeting. There's a, a, a paper just come out from Microsoft talking about um, meeting f- fatigue, Zoom fatigue, which is a really, you know, no, we all feel so exhausted from jumping from meetings to, to meeting, right? We're going from one Zoom meeting to the next. We don't take a time to grab a glass of water, have a stretch, or just to clear our mind. It's the next meeting, right? We're not being smart about this. We need to be more mindful about our meetings as well. Now, Microsoft did a, a, a study. They had two groups of people. First group of people just were going back-to-back Zoom meetings. By the end of the day, their stress levels were through the roof. They actually measured their brain waves and uh, beta brain wave activity was high. So beta brain waves associated with stress. Every meeting they went into went up, right? By the end of the day, exhausted, couldn't focused, absolutely just done. Then they had another group that took five minute breaks between their Zoom meetings and they actually, interestingly, used a meditation app. So they were working for, say, 25 minutes, five minute break, Pomodoro technique, which we just described. And what they found when they measured their brain waves that as they went into each meeting, they're actually their stress level went down, their brain waves, their beta waves went down. Throughout the afternoon, they had more sustained energy. They were better improved focus, concentration, and more energy. The key to, and I'm finding this with coaching people at the moment, is taking breaks. We've got to take more mental breaks. Hey, we get up in the morning, we're sitting down in front of a computer screen, right? 
We work all day in front of a computer. We're knowledge workers. We're not moving around. We need to be getting up. So set a timer on your phone every hour. Get up, go and move around. You know, go and do something different. Not, don't check Facebook and Instagram. Get up, get outside. Go and sit outside. Do a little breathing practice. Do a little meditation. Whatever it is, just disconnect your brain and just notice how your day is and how exhausted you are. You're going to feel less exhausted. You're going to feel more energized. You're going to be more focused. It makes such a big difference. Ray, the next issue that many of us are experiencing is burnout due to the blurring of work-life boundaries. Now, particularly for those business owners <clears throat> who find themselves working at home and then if they're working at home and they're, they're having to homeschool their kids or their partner's also working at home and you think I'm going to have a cup of tea with her or him and I'm going to get, you know, completely distracted. Um, but there's also the burnout just generally speaking of work, work-life boundaries, I mean, it, again, it's not it's not COVID specific. I get I, I just speak to so many business owners, and I, every now and then, I, at the end of interviews, I ask them about their work-life balance, and some just openly say I don't have any. Some have said to me, "Oh, there's this work-life blend." because my work is so stimulating and fulfilling. It doesn't feel like work. So therefore, it's just my life. And I'm like, oh, you know, anyway, horses for courses. But it is a massive issue, this one, where there are so many people working, working, working and, and forgetting that there is life beyond work. Very subjective. It's everyone's choice. But what's your strategy here for creating some space between work and the rest of life? You know, it's really simple setting boundaries about around work and home life. Did you hear about the Victorian police? The, the police union just negotiated the right to disconnect. What do you mean? So how's this? The, the Victorian police union just uh, um, negotiated the right to disconnect. So now you can't call a police officer at home unless it's an emergency. Because, you know, we don't disconnect, right? We're on all the time. In, so when we get... And that's do, do, you mean like, um, do you mean like a, a policeman at the station can't call no, a yeah, policeman at home? Exactly, right? And it's like, and the problem is, you know, at the moment with, especially during the pandemic, there's no separation between work and home life, right? And so we have to put in um, though that separation. We have to create separation between work and home life. So, in, you know, that means no emails at night, right? In France, it's law. The right to disconnect is actually law over there. So this is a really important part of thing. But we've got to learn to be more mindful about how we do this. I mean, what is burnout? It's, you know, mental, physical and emotional um, exhaustion caused by, caused by prolonged stress, all right? You know, stress and anxiety is being provoked through the news and social media channels, through, you know, the pandemic and global warming. No wonder we're, we're feeling stressed and burnt out at the moment. I, I don't even get it, you know, and I've, I was guilty of this when I was in corporate, and that's a long time ago. I'm a cubicle SKP of many, many years, Raymond. I did this and I see other people do this, which is you get home from work and then you get on the email. And this is this is more for employees, and it's great. You know, business owners might go, "Oh, yeah, I love it when my employees are working at home, you know, off the clock, but they're still getting stuff done." But it can't be good for you. And at the end of the day, there's that beautiful blog post written by a palliative care nurse about the five wishes of the dying. She, you know, she'd been with hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people in their final moments, and she asked many of them in the lead up to that, "What?" What do you wish more of? What do you wish less of? None of them. None of them wish they'd worked more. None of them wish they'd made a few more posts on Facebook. 
You know, they wish they'd hugged their loved ones more. They wish they'd been in great, in more gratitude. They wish they'd been kinder. They wish they'd found more time for themselves. I mean, this is, and it all seems so obvious. Everything you're covering, Ray, with respect, is not brain surgery. But we've forgotten. We've fallen into this way of working that's unsustainable, and we're paying the price for it. And we need to, we need to step back. You know, we need to be more mindful around the way that we're working. So, um, you know, look, I want to give you guys. Can I give you another little tool? Because this is an absolute, the, you know, gem that I teach you. I've got, this, is, this is for work-life yeah. boundaries? So as I said, look, the thing we need to do is take more mental breaks. So as I said, look, you know, I'm really, breathing practices are a game changer. So I want to show you a very quick two-minute breathing practice that you can use, you know. So, you know, set a timer, you know, to go off every hour if you can. Get up, move around, or do a little breathing practice like this. Now, the practice that I'm going to show you now is a practice that's actually used by the US Navy SEALs, you know. They use this to help them stay calm but focused, all right? So it's not going to leave you sleepy. It's going to leave you feeling calm but focused. This is a great practice to do in between Zoom meetings. So I teach a lot of my clients to the importance of this in between Zoom meetings. So it's called box breathing. You heard of box breathing before, Tim? I have. Yeah. So it's a, it's a practice that the SEALs use. Now, the thing about this practice, super simple, but really can have a, you know, you can feel the effect straight away. And for people that don't like meditation, breathing practices are a game changer. So breath work is, I love breath work. I'm like fascinated by it. Now, for those of you that are at home, we're just going to do, a, I'll just guide you through literally a one minute um, example of this box breathing. So as I said before, we want to breathe in through the nose and we want to be breathing slowly and deeply down in the belly. So you can even put your hand on your belly and just take a nice deep breath in. You want to just feel the hand on the belly move out. And as you breathe out, the hand on the belly moves in towards the spine. In fact, put your hand, one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly. Just take another deep breath in. Hand on the belly moves out. All right. So hopefully you guys have got this right. Now keep your hand on your belly if you want for this exercise. Now all we're going to do is we're going to breathe in for a mental count of four. We're going to pause for four. We're going to exhale for four. And then we're going to pause for four. And we're going to just repeat that for three cycles. All right? Super easy. So, um, so let's do it right now. Okay? So just, I'll just count you in. So just to start, just take a nice deep breath in. And out. Okay, let's give it a go. So breathe in, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, in, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, pause, two, three, Four. Stay with me. In, two, three, four. Pause. Two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Pause. Two, three, four. And then just stop. And then you can open your eyes if your eyes were closed. And then just come back into the space. There you go. Now you can do that for two minutes. I can tell you if you're a business owner and you're stressed, turn your phone off, go and lay down on the floor, set a timer for 10 minutes, put your hand on your belly, do that practice for 10 minutes, and the difference to how you feel before and after is transformative. And I will add to that, if you are a business owner and you are surrounded by staff, let them know. 
Let them know. Don't hide. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Be open about this because you are a leader, a role model, and you can set an example. And I think it'd be beautiful. I would love nothing more. Just reflecting again back on my corporate time, if you know, if I'd seen one of my bosses or managers lying on his or her floor doing some breathing ex- exercises, would be like, yeah, get get into that. You know, I think it's just a great a great thing to show others. So um. yeah, the box breathing. If you want to get your stress under control, you need to get your breath under control. Stress and breath are intrinsically connected. So you know, as you said before, you know, when we get stressed, we breathe fast and shallow. And, and our brain interprets it we're under threat, triggering our fight or flight or stress response. And it's a vicious cycle, Tim. The more stressed we get, the faster our breathing, the faster our breathing, the less stress. But we can, you know, by doing this breathing practice, we activate the parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest, and we can essentially hack our autonomic nervous system and bring down our stress response. How amazing is that? Is that Mate, incredible? It's awesome. It's all there, Ray. The next one is disconnection. The next issue that many business owners and many people are experiencing disconnection because, hey, you know, right now you're down in Victoria. You're in isolation. Uh, there are people all over the world. If you're in Sydney, you've been in isolation for weeks and weeks. I mean, Melburnians, I think, have been in isolation for seven months or something over the course of the last 18. You can't visit family. Family can't visit you. You've got all these restrictions around how many people you can exercise with. The fact is we are disconnected because we, we, we just don't have the same amount of people around us. What do we do about that, Ray? How do we manage that? Again, you know, training the mind can really help us in a big way. Science is showing us that we can actually train our mind for a more positive mental state and positive psychology. Neuroscience is showing that we can train a more positive state of mind you know and so you know we talked about mindfulness it's about being fully present but being present um judgmental uh, critical uh, isn't much use without bringing the right attitude and values into the practice and so it's important for us right now and especially as leaders to practice self-care and and to cult and we can cultivate um you know more positive mind states through practicing gratitude is a big one I'm finding for people right now. Let's talk about gratitude because I love gratitude. It's simply being kind to others, really, isn't it? And yourself, <laughs> being th- being th- being thankful. Well, when we talk about when we talk about gratitude, it's actually stopping for a minute and appreciating the people in your life and what you've got in your life. And for most of us, we do that rarely. We, we live in a, in a world where striving is ingrained and as business owners we go from one goal to the next goal and we don't take the time to stop and appreciate and celebrate our wins and achievements and, and the people in our lives. And, and science and, and positive psychology is showing it can have a really profound effect on and taking some time out of your day just to take a couple of minutes just to be grateful for the things in your life. And especially right now because, yeah, hey, we're in a tough situation but there's a lot of good things for us to be grateful of, right? There's a lot of craziness going on in the world and you know hey things ain't they're they're bad but there's a lot of good things for us and so a little um hack that i teach people is keeping a gratitude journal i find that that's a great little practice for people i first came across this um a few years ago so when i get up in the morning i have you know i do my meditation have a little cup of tea sit sit down before i start work i just sit down i've got my little book and I, i i pull it out and i think of three things that i'm grateful for Mm-hmm. Can't be the same three things like my wife, my kids, my like my dog. It's got to be three different things, all right? So for it to work, um, so that's a great little tip. So starting your day thinking of three things that you're grateful for, and then at the end of the night as well, before you go to bed, 
you know, reflect on three good things that happen to you throughout your day, all right? If you, if, you don't want to do, if you don't want to keep a journal, when you wake up first thing in the morning, again, just think of three things that you're grateful for and before bed, at least that way you start and end your day on a positive note, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, and so and science has shown, researchers have shown that participants who'd kept a gratitude journal for just three weeks, Tim, found that it reaped a whole host of benefits. They had uh, better um, physical health, improved self-care, improved sleep, more likely to practice, you know, self-care. Um, after 21 days of keeping a gratitude journal, they'd essentially rewired their brains to start scanning for a positive and they were three times more likely to notice a positive. So, you know, it's really important that we take time out of our day to practice things like gratitude. Hey, Ray, um, we were going to cover four. I can't help but come back to something you said earlier. You talked about you have a technique for helping people get to sleep in 60 seconds. Um, yeah. A, I don't believe you, <laughs> and B, I'm scared if it works. Uh, at the end of this podcast, you'll have to sign off and do the rest that I would normally do. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is what is this technique? I'll give you that technique. Also, all you need to do is jump onto my website, um, www.goodplace.com, under, under my blog post where you've got all the information about the science behind the practice. I've also got a whole host of other free mindfulness practices that they can download and start using. You know, I've got these tools. I want to share them. Give them a go. What have you got to lose, right? You've got nothing to well, lose. Well, 100%. Can I just com- confirm, is it a .com or .au? I had it down as .au. Um, sorry. .com.au, you're right. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, I'm, I'm, glad one of us, a... I'm glad one of us is on it. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm the one who should be off with the, off with the fairies. Okay, All right. the 60-second sleep trick. Okay, so it's called 478 breathing, all right? So we're going to breathe in for four, we hold for seven, and we breathe out for eight, all right? It's a great way to calm yourself down, bring down your heart rate, your blood pressure. It can help you fall asleep or if you wake up in the middle of the night to get back to sleep. So... Um, as I said, breathing in is energizing, breathing out is relaxing. So by extending the hold and doubling the exhalation, we're inducing relaxation by activating our parasympathetic nervous system. All right. Again, so you've got the box breathing, right? Four, 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 four. I'll even send you a little, I'll send you a little slide, Tim, that you can send out to everyone they can print out and have on their computer. Let's do that. Oh, thank you. And then this one, which is, again, another, it's a great, and this is a great technique for anxiety as well. It's one of the best ways to bring down your anxiety, completely free, no side effects. All right. So how do we do it? We just breathe in for four, we hold for seven, and then we breathe out for eight. I'll just, and I normally do about four to eight rounds um, before a Zoom meeting or something, and it calms me down, brings me right down. At, at the risk of any of us falling asleep, we probably don't need to go through the actual breathing. It's the same as box, but it's four, seven, eight, not four, four, four. So, but it's through, so you breathe in through the nose for four, right? You hold for seven, and then it's out through the mouth for eight. So when you breathe out, it's like you want to breathe slowly, but it's like you're breathing out. It's like you're blowing out all the candles on your birthday cake. All right, so it's in through the nose, out through the mouth for that. Box breathing, in and out through the nose. Now, those two tools are just, they're a game changer. Just give them a go. Ray, awesome, buddy. 
Thank you so much for sharing those techniques. I have a feeling they're certainly going to make a difference in my life and, and I'm, I have a feeling and I'm going to encourage people to leave a message on the Small Business Big Marketing hotline on the show notes of this episode to let us know how they went, but it hopefully it'd make, it'll be making a big difference. Buddy, you've gone from being, you know, in the top 10 DJs in the world back in the 80s and 90s, changing people's 90s life. too, mate, that old. <laughs> I was going to say, you look very well for 93. But, yeah, um, yeah, thank you. It's all that meditation. I told you. I'm yeah. like, actually, 102. So you, you, were making, you were making a difference to people's lives back then in one way, and, and now you're making a huge impact on people's lives in another. And I love seeing career progressions, and I love, I love seeing people do this kind of work. So certainly from the bottom of my heart, buddy, thank you for the work you're doing and on behalf of my listeners uh, thank you because I, I think it's ace and there should be more Ray Goods in the world www.goodplace.com.au is where you will find all the goodness you need Ray Good <laughs> thank you very much thanks Simbo always a pleasure and an honour well there you go fellow human doings <laughs> I like that phrase of Ray's. Mindfulness expert Ray Good. How'd you go? Do you think you benefited from that? Are you going to put some of that stuff into practice? I really, really hope so. I am. I already have. You'll find a list of the resources mentioned by Ray and myself over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 566, along with a graphic Ray supply detailing that box breathing technique that the Navy SEALs do. How helpful and simple was that? I'd love to know how you went. Like, really, like, are you going to implement this stuff? Is it completely beyond you? Is it making a difference? Call the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline if you could, 0480015150, and let me know your thoughts because personally, I think it's a really important thing to integrate into your life. I shouldn't say thing. It's a practice to integrate into your life. And I know when I do it on a regular basis, I'm such a better human for it. When I forget or I get, you know, bored of it or lazy, then ah, <laughs> I'm not the human I wish I was. You know what I mean? Let me know how you go. 0480-015-150. Coming up next week, we are back to normal broadcasting. I launched into an eight-part series showcasing successful businesses throughout regional Queensland, and we start with two in Cairns, FNQ, Far North Queensland, where you'll meet the founder of the world-class Cairns Aquarium and a woman who's created the largest publishing house in regional Queensland. A couple of great stories there. If you'd love to know how and why to create some helpful marketing, then grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. And if you loved this episode, well, the other 565 episodes that you will find on your favourite podcast app of this show, they're not exactly like this one. They're all more, well, they're all about marketing and business growth. So this was a bit of an anomaly, but yeah, there's a lot more to listen to if you like it. As has been the case for the past 12 years, this podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, the music bear knocked together over a couple of scotch on the rocks by rock star Lockie Dolly. And then the show is lovingly cobbled together by producer Romy Sher. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your meditation practice be the best meditation practice going around. Peace. Peace.